Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. I was thinking about, as Pastor Jody asked me to speak this week, what would I share with you guys? Um, And I know that Thanksgiving is like one of my favorite holidays, not just because I get to eat But I get to take this time and spend it with family. You know, those that we like, those that, speaking of not like, don't like. um, I really enjoy Thanksgiving. And um, I just started to think about, Lord, this year hasn't necessarily gone according to how we want it or how we planned it to go. Right? Uh, I, I was sitting there and I was just thinking about all that happened this year. Not to dwell on it, but just to reminisce. Man, it has been one hell of a year, right? I mean, you guys know COVID, the election, the uproar, violence, hurricanes, Michigan losing, Georgia losing to Alabama. I mean, Miami, don't they don't think I, Miami lost too, Gigi. Don't think they didn't lose as well. Miami lost. It's been Pastor Jody, been, I mean, Pastor. Um, Pastor Ronnie had like seven arm surgeries. <laughs> Misty, like she only has like a, a normally like five kids. She had like 17 kids in her house at one point. I mean, it's been a crazy, crazy year, right? But in the midst of all that's going on, and I know we can all probably say it hasn't gone the way we planned, but I wonder if we would just take a second and say, you know what? There's been some good that's happening this year. I don't know if you noticed, but I've lost a couple pounds. <laughs> And I look good, right? Not to brag, you know. But there's been some good stuff that has happened this year. And I just, I feel like as we approach Thanksgiving, it's good for us to remember what God has done. And so I I, want to kind of equip you today to help you to be thankful. Um, Our message, if you're taking notes, you're probably not. You're like, I'm not taking notes to this guy. I'm just going to listen. But if you're taking notes, it's called... In all circumstances. Uh, I'll read this and then I'll open prayer. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. 18. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. Teach us your word. Open up our hearts and our ears to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. I had... The first time I visited my, my wife's family, she's from South Africa, um, I'm from Detroit, and the first time I went to go visit my wife's family, I had this big plan. I'm like, it's South Africa, we're going to be at the beach most of the time, um, it's going to be amazing, we're going to be there for a whole two and a half weeks, I'm not sure how, we, how long we were there for, but it was going to be amazing. But I also, also thought, you know what, Pearl's family doesn't necessarily like black people, I'm just going to call it what it is. She's Indian, I'm black. So I didn't know how that was going to turn out. Right. So we get there. The first face they see is my beautiful daughter, Ella. She's sitting over there to the left, my left, your right. Um, The first face they see is Ella. And because of her, she was like a a buffer for seeing my ugly face. Right. So they see her pretty faces. Oh, you're so adorable. So cute. And then I come behind them like, okay, I guess you can come along too. whatever. Get in the car, fella. Long story short, just fast forward it. The plan was to go to the beach every day for me. I'm like, it's South Africa. I'm from Detroit. I don't know anything. I just assume all of South Africa is surrounded by a big ocean, so you can go to the beach all the time. 
right? Or all of Africa, for, the, for that matter. But we get there, and I didn't know that, this may not be true of all Indians, but my wife's family doesn't necessarily like going swimming in the beach. They don't necessarily like the water. So we spent our time visiting family. You're talking about being disappointed? I don't even like people myself. Why would I want to go see your family? My family, I don't want to see your family. Nonetheless, we saw family. And then we had this last trip right before we were to leave out. Uh, our uncle, her uncle, her uncle Deeds, planned this trip where we're going to go. We're going to take a boat ride around the lake to see all these exotic animals. And the night before it was, the, the night before it was Christmas, um, they, they prepared all these wonderful Indian feasts, right? And because of who I am, I know that I can eat just about anything because I have a, I got a, I got a man's stomach. You know, I just put anything in there. No big deal. We get in the car. It's probably a two-hour drive to our location. And I'm just, as I'm sitting there, I'm sensing the rushing of the mighty winds coming through my body. You, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing some rumbling. You get what I'm You understand what I'm saying. So I'm like, okay, this is not going to end well. <laughs> and we're in Africa. This is Africa, Africa. This is not America in the hood. This is Africa, Africa. So I just, I politely say, hey, um, <clears throat> Uh, you guys mind if we stop by a, a restroom uh, anytime soon? So we stop by a restroom. I go do what I got to do, come back out. A uh, couple minutes later, we end up in our location. You guys, when I say that mush, that rushing of the mighty wind was not done, it was not done. They, I couldn't even get on the boat. I had to go again to visit the restroom, the gentleman's room. I'm not going to the details. Then we went to the boat. I got on the boat. I was like, oh, Jesus, here it come again. I got off the boat, ran back inside. I spent the whole afternoon while everybody got on the boat, left, and they left me there with me and Uncle D's. He stayed behind. I spent the whole afternoon in that restroom. I missed the whole trip that was planned for me. You talk about things not going according to plan. I feel like 2020 has been like that rushing in the mighty wind in our system. Just like, just when we thought we were good, or we put on face masks, we can go back out, or we got, the, we got all these different things, then next thing you know, that rushing or that, that bubbly feeling come back, and you got to run back out to the bathroom. I feel like 2020 has been like that. But I don't think we're the first people in history to experience this. I don't think we're alone in this matter. 2020 has been a great equalizer for all of us. But if we look in the Bible, we also see that there, this has happened to a lot of people before. Not necessarily what we're dealing with right now. But I want to read to you Paul, who wrote, be thankful in all circumstances. He Notice he didn't say be thankful because of all circumstances. He didn't say be thankful that your kids are talking back to you and you want to kill them at this moment. He didn't say be thankful that your parents are and they're old and they're acting up. I wish Mr. Bill was here. He knows what I'm talking about. Acting up, right? He didn't say be thankful if you lost your job. He didn't say be thankful if you had to break up with that girl or that boy that you love so much that you thought you were going to be with forever. I'm talking to my high schoolers right now. I love them. I'm going to be with them for the rest of my life. Two weeks later, I hate him. (laughs) He didn't say be thankful because of all that happened to you. He said be thankful in all circumstances. And then I was like, Paul, do you really have, can you really talk to us? What have you really experienced. So I want to read this to you. That's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. It's a little bit, but bear with me as we read it. 
Sorry if I got the feedback. That's my fault. I'm sorry, Joe. Um, Are you a servant of Christ? I know I sound like a madman, but I served him far more. I've worked harder, been put in prison more often. I don't know if you've ever been locked up in prison. That's not a pretty sight. I I visited my father a couple of times who was in prison. Not pretty. Uh, Been whipped times without number. He's been whipped. I mean, I picture is like parents beating your kids. Like he's been beat several times without number. He can't even count them. Face death again and again. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. I know he just breezed past that. But Jesus experienced the 39 lashes. It's like ripping his skin apart. He said five times I experienced the 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with the rod. My cousin was beaten with a bat and he died. They buried him. They had to have a closed casket. So beaten with the rod, beaten with the bat. That's serious. And he experienced this three times. Once I was stoned. Man, sometimes I wish I could stone the coach of Michigan right now. But that's all right. That's it. Let me go back to this. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I, um, once I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I have traveled many long journeys. I have faced dangerous dangers from rivers and from robbers. I have faced dangers from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced dangers in cities and deserts and on seas. I have faced dangers from men who claim to be believers, but not. I have faced long, I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. This was Paul's like, hey, hold on. I know you guys don't think I know what I'm talking about when I say be thankful in all circumstances. But if you would just lean in for a second, you'll realize maybe Paul does know what he's talking about. Because there was another situation when Paul was beat, him and his buddy Silas, they were, they were stripped and beaten and thrown in the jail and gave us a little insight that, that Paul said, it was said at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. I would like to think I'll be strong like Paul. But then I remember, oh yeah, 2020 happened and I was not like Paul. Then I remember, wait a minute, I would like to think that if I got beat and stripped, matter of fact, I would like to think if you just took my shoes, I would be praising God. I don't know if I can praise God if you take all my shoes. I'll move this way. I don't know if I'll praise God if you just took my shoes. Not alone, strip me and beat me and throw me in jail. So maybe Paul knows a little bit about this whole be thankful in all circumstances. And so I dug into the word and said, you know, Paul, can you give us a little more insight? Because we want to know and we want to learn how to be thankful in all circumstances. Because we faced a hell of a year, just to call it what it is. How can we be thankful in all circumstances? And so then I picked up the word and I found it in Philippians chapter 4 that Paul kind of gave us some steps to being thankful. And some of you guys are very familiar with this because you're more experienced than us. Some of us younger ones. I'm not young anymore. I can't even say that. Um, some of us not as old as you are. Gary. All right. Paul says this. I always like to pick on people. I'm sorry. Like, I have to pick on Mr. Gary. I have to pick on Pastor Ronnie. And Pastor Peter, you're coming. Oh, yeah. You are coming. All right. So it says this. In Philippians 4, 6, Paul is writing this to the Philippians. And he says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. I'm going to say we have four steps that Paul is telling us to do today. 
if you really want to be thankful in all circumstances. Because when you're thankful in every circumstance, it's like God's like, you know what? I know this guy or this girl can handle anything you throw at him. Just think about Job. Job went through a lot. And he, I mean, at the end of his life, he had even more and greater experiences and things than when he started off with. Because God was like, you know what? You can throw whatever you want after him. He's not going to change. And I feel like if God's saying, if I can get you to understand that no matter what happens, I got your back. No matter what happens, I am with you. I know it looks like it's not going to turn out, but all things work out for the good of those that love him and call it according to his purpose. If you can understand that he got your back, that he is with you, then you can be thankful in all circumstances. So let me give you step number one. Step one is stop worrying. There's an old song goes, don't worry. You guys know the song. Be happy. Stop worrying. The first thing Paul tells us is to stop worrying. He actually says it this way. He says, in one translation, he tells us not to worry about anything. I used to love my preacher at home. He used to say, what's left after anything? Nothing. So if you're worrying about something, it fits into that category about worrying about nothing. Stop worrying. I love this quote. It says, worrying is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it never gets you anywhere. How many, how many of us have worried? Come on. We have, oh, I want, there you go, yeah. If I can put Jaya on this stage. Jaya, she's not a warrior, she's a planner, a.k.a. warrior, because that's what planning is, right? You like to say, I have my life planned out, and if it doesn't go according to plan, then I'm going to worry about why it's not going according to plan. That's what, have, that's what worrying looks like, right? So if we have had any time this year where we just sat there and said, what's going to happen? I worry about it. Where was in that rocking chair. We're not accomplishing nothing. We're just sitting there going back and forth. And actually, you look kind of retarded. That's probably not politically correct. You look kind of stupid. I'm not going to say, I don't want to say retarded again. You look kind of stupid, right? I used to have an auntie that was sitting, don't, forgive me, Auntie Karen. I love you. All right, she's not going to watch this message. She don't even like me. Um, She was sitting, I'm joking. She she helped raise us um, when my parents were separated. She would sit in the chair in the living room and just rock back and forth. The whole day. And she was actually burping at the same time. It was the weirdest thing. So I'm putting on blast right now. But she would just sit. And I'm telling you, as kids, we used to think that lady was crazy. Like, what is wrong with you? And that's what worrying is. Everybody that's walking past you is like, what is wrong with that person? They just sitting there rocking in a chair, ain't going nowhere. You just look like a crazy old man. You just, what are you doing? That's what worrying is. You're not solving anything. Paul says, stop worrying. He said, worry about nothing. Another thing is, uh, I love this other quote. It says this. There is a great difference between worry and concern. A worry person sees a problem and a concerned person solves a problem. I know you think you're worrying that you're actually trying to accomplish something. But you're just worrying. You're not trying to solve anything. Especially the things that you have no control over. And if anything, this year has taught us we have no control over a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Can we go outside? Can we not go outside? Am I supposed to wear a mask outside? Am I not supposed to wear a mask? We have no control over a lot of stuff. Would that person think I look good if I wear this color? I was thinking that, actually. <laughs> but never mind. Okay, wait. Um, Jesus said it this way. In, in Matthew chapter 6, he says, 
That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest. Or your body, I mean, I'm sorry, I lost my spot. Or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? Which means, if you're worrying right now, stop. Just want to encourage you just to stop. Turn it off. Switch the channel. Switch the station. Change the music. Do whatever you need to do to stop worrying. Get around some people that's going to help you to not worry about those things. You're not the first and you're not the last person that's going through the same thing you're going through. At one point, I had to work like 3,000 jobs. I mean, goodness gracious. I was working here. I was working Planet Fitness. I was selling stuff on eBay. I would have sold my own body if I could. I'm, that's I'm joking. <laughs> Who's going to pay for this anyway, you know? I mean, yeah. But anyway, I would have done whatever I could to make money to pay off some of the debt. I had very little sleep. I was walking around looking like a zombie. I got to the point where Pastor Peter's like, look, you're going to need to do something because you can't come in here looking like this all the time. He was kind of jealous, though. Just want to tell the truth. <laughs> but... You're not the first, you're not the last. Stop worrying. Go do something. Number two, step number two. Paul says to pray about everything. You know, I, I thought about this, and I, I started to wonder what prayer really looks like. Because prayer is simply communicating with God. It's talking with God. And I, I, I thought about it as a dad with my kids. Um... I have two kids, Ellison over there, she's 11, and Stevie is 7. We do this thing on once a week, it's called Tech Free Thursdays. Thank you to the Howards, they're not in here, but thank you Howards for giving us this. Um, and on this Thursday, our kids talk us to us nonstop. I mean, Stevie never talks to us. Stevie is usually in his head, pew, pew, playing a video game, take the, the electronics away, that boy is asking you a thousand questions nonstop. Ella's the same way. You're like, oh my gosh, these, they do want to talk to us, right? But what I've come to know is I really want them to talk to me because the more they talk to me, the more they feel like they can communicate with me about any and everything. They could talk to me about the weirdest thing. Ella comes in yesterday, Daddy, what do you think of this dress? Should I wear this dress or this dress? This is what she's always concerned about. Should I wear this dress or this dress? Baby, I love them both, whatever you want to wear. She said, you don't care, don't you? No, it's not that I don't care. It's just that I don't, I don't care. I mean, <laughs> it sounds bad. Get, I, I care about what you care about, but I don't care about enough to, to care about it. I can't fix that. Don't worry about it. I care about it, Ella. I care about it, right? I'm concerned about what, you, what matters to you, right? But if I had to choose, it's whatever you want. And I feel like that's, what, uh, that's us with God. Is God really, does he really care if you wear one outfit or another? No, he wants you to be happy. So he's glad that you're at least asking him what to wear. He wants you to talk to him all the time. All the time. Pastor Jody said this once. It's like you're driving in a car and the Holy Spirit is with you all the time that you can just communicate with, right? Imagine 
I always picture Holy Spirit a little bit shorter than me, so I imagine me and Pastor Jody driving in a car. You know, that sounds so that's bad, right? That sounds bad. I feel like God is big, like like big and strong, like Matt and, and Pastor, Pastor. I mean, Holy Spirit is like Pastor Jody. You know, never mind, never mind. Don't worry about it. But it's like He wants you to talk to Him all the time about everything, about everything. How are you going to stop worrying? Maybe you should start talking to God about it. Right? Just take a second. God, do you really care if I, I work like this? Do you really care if I'm in debt? Do you really care who I date? Do you really care if I'm married or how I treat my wife and my kids? You'll be surprised at what he does care about. He does care how you treat people, about how you treat people. I mean, if he didn't, he wouldn't constantly be telling me, you need to say, I'm sorry to your wife. Because I'm always saying, I'm sorry to my wife. <laughs> right? How many men in here can say, you, you, you don't listen to the spirit? Thank you for listening to the spirit. There we go. Some of you, I know you don't listen to the spirit over there. I know. That's messed up. It's messed up. All right. But, right? God cares about what, you'd be surprised what God cares about. So pray about everything. Step number three. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me read this to you. Because I thought this was beautiful. The, uh, it was asked, the Billy Graham Association was asked the question, what is prayer? And they said it like this, which leads us to our next step. Prayer is a spiritual communication between man and God. A two-way relationship in which man should not only talk to God, but also listen to him. I'm stopping right there because I want you to understand. Prayer, you should also be listening. If you're doing all the talking... You're just a teenage girl on the phone with a boy. <laughs> All right. Prayer to God is like a child's conversation with his father. It's the nature of a child to ask his father for the things he needs. That brings me to our third point. Step three, tell God what you need. I'm going to breeze through these next two. Because I, I want you to get this. Tell God what you need. And I'm not talking about the whole Christian answer. I am so past being religious. Like, God knows what you're thinking. He knows how you're feeling. When you're driving down the road and you want to flip somebody the, the, your number one sign, God is in there with you. So he knows all those thoughts. When that person talks to you a certain way and you're going to go, you don't realize I'm from the streets. I would chitty chitty bang bang. You can, God knows what going, what's going on on the inside of you. So stop fronting like God doesn't know. So just be real. Just be open and honest. Be, do what my kids do. We're driving home, and Ella has a laundry list of things she wants for Christmas. And she said, you know what, God? What, I mean, not God. I'm not God. You know what, Daddy, what you can give me? You can give me these, these wet shoes, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you can give me these white, uh, these white sneakers, blah, blah, blah. And you can give me a new phone. Like, I'm made of money. But be like that. Like we are, like your kids are with you, or like you were with your parents. Be like that with God. You may not get everything. You're not getting everything, Ella. Just you may not get everything you say. But being as though He's our heavenly Father, it doesn't hurt your ask. That's how much He loves us. He just wants to hear you ask. The funny thing is, and James is telling us, we have not because we ask not. Just ask them. And don't ask them like, oh, thus saith the Lord, will you bless me? Come on, let's be real. God, look, I need to pay my bill this month. Can you help a brother out? 
You may not say it like that. You, be like, you may be like, listen here, God, I, I, I reckon I need to pay some bills. You may speak like that. I'm just, just trying to associate and make sure you understand. All right. Sorry, my bad. I know, I know what you're thinking. That boy going straight to hell. Yeah, I know. Pray for me. Pray for me, church. All right, um, number four. Uh, step number four. Thank God for what you have. Paul actually said, he said, let me make sure I said it correctly before I say what he didn't say. Let me make sure I said it. All right, he said, uh, thank him for all he has done. I say, thank God for what you have. You know, one of the failures of the Israelites when they were in the wilderness is they always lost sight of what God done for them. You know, one of the failures of the Americans that are sitting in this room and all across the U.S. is that we forget what God has done for us. You know, one of the failures of Stephen Cornelius, Peter Daniel, who's standing in front of you right now, is that I forget all that God has done for me. I get so wrapped up in what I don't have. I get so wrapped up in what I want. I forget what God has done for me. The fact that he gave me a beautiful, understanding Christian Roman that is from South Africa that can keep my crazy butt in line is a blessing. The fact that I have two kids who know God, who also understand and are smart. I'm not the smartest to it, but my kids are smart is a blessing. The fact that I actually own my house out of six boys is only two of us right now that own our house is a blessing. The fact that I have a car that's completely paid for, that was a gift that was freely given to me, is a blessing. The fact that I work at Cornerstone Church, I may be the only black pastor in this place, but doggone it, we gonna do it. You get what I'm saying? Is a blessing. I know you guys may know this about me, but I'm actually supposed to still be in a vegetable form. I'm not even supposed to be alive right now. The fact that I turned 40 in January is a blessing. Never had that I've been in jail, but to visit family members. I got a lot of kin folks in jail. You know, my cousin, them, he may be a party in there, but I got a lot of people in jail. But the fact that I've never been in jail is a blessing. Maybe you should just take a season, especially because we're looking at Thanksgiving, to thank him for what he has done, for what you have. You got a lot more than you're thanking him for. I know you don't got what you want. I would love to be driving that Bentley down the road. <laughs> Picture me rolling, you know what I'm saying? I love to have the nicest shoes. I love to have a bank account with uh, billions of dollars. And if anybody want to sew into my ministry, would give me that button. Uh, you can sew it easily. Um, that's fine. Make pay- checks payable to Stephen Daniel. Um, I would love to have all these things. I would love to provide for my wife and my kids and give them whatever they want. But I thank God I can give them some things. I'm thankful that they can get clothes on their backs. They can get food on the table. While they're virtual learning, they can tune into the internet. I'm thankful. So maybe we should all be thankful during the season. I'm going to call Pastor Cherish up, but she's coming up anyway. She, spills, she felt the Lord leading her. That's how good she is, right? And the end result is that when we learn to do these three steps, we will be thankful in all circumstances. And then, I love it how Paul says it after he wrote that in Philippians 6. He says this in verse 7. 
Then you will experience God, God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Here was a man that went through a lot of junk. And Paul was able to say, I'm thankful always in all circumstances. And you know what I do? I also live in peace because I walk in that way. So this year, as you approach Thanksgiving, do these four steps. Stop worrying. I know it tastes a lot, it's a lot easier to worry, but just get rid of it, right? Talk to God, which is pray about everything. Talk to God. Make it a regular routine. I'm not talking about spending time on your knees praying. I'm talking about while you're driving, while you're walking, while you're having a conversation with people. I do it all the time. God, what are you trying to tell me right now to tell them? Or what are you just trying to tell me? Just talk to God and listen. Then tell him what you need. He's a big God. If you don't tell him, he may not do it. But there's a 50% chance he will. And I like those odds. I would play the lottery more if it was a 50% chance I would win the lottery every time I play. And finally, thank him for what he has done. You want to see God really move in your life? You want to see a parent really do something special for their kids? Let your kids out of nowhere just start thanking you for what, you, what they have. You're like, shoot, you want a new car? Girl, I'll get you a new car right now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for thanking me. What you need? You'll be surprised when you put these things in place, how your life will change. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for opening our hearts and our minds to hear from you. We ask you right now to help us. Help us, Lord, to do these steps, to not worry, to pray all the time, to tell you what we need, and to be thankful for what we have. Lord, I pray right now that as we are going into our special places, Lord, into our rooms, maybe we're at home and sitting on our couch, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to us right now. Show us what things we need to change. Show us how to line our lives up with your word. We know that you are in control. And if at any time we live opposite of that, Help us to get back in line, to surrender it all to you. We thank you, Lord, for all these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen, church, if you're watching online, I'm sorry, I, I, I forgot you were watching online. I was moving all around. But if you're watching online or if you're here right now, I want to make sure you guys know that Jesus is always the center of my life. And I'm hoping he's the center of your life. And so today, if you're here, if you have never heard the message that Jesus came to earth, that he died on the cross for you and me, I want to let you know that that's what he did. He walked on earth, surrendered his life to die a painful death so that we, just by chance, may receive him and spend eternity in heaven. And when you do, when you receive Jesus, you'll be surprised how your life is transformed. may not happen overnight. It may cause you getting rid of certain things, but God slowly and surely works things out in our lives as we draw closer to him. So if you're here today or you're watching online, if you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you don't have to do anything else. Just do a check in your own heart. I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to close this out. 
and I want you to contact the office. You can contact us at connect at cornerstonerome.com and we would love to talk, pray with you and help you give you things to guide you along your walk. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for those that are receiving you right now. We pray right now, Lord, that you will come into our hearts. Save us now. We know that we need you. We realize that you are true and living God and that we want to walk in your path. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Finally, church, we want to pray this out for you. Uh, thank you guys for being here today. I want to say this blessing as you leave as fountain numbers. It says that may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Have a great rest of your week. Deuces. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.